Welcome to Out of the Ether, Episode 2. Uh, and as a few listeners correctly pointed out last week, it was called, or at least I introduced it as Trust the Process. That was going to be the name for this podcast because it is about the process of creating. And I always love that, um, I love that quote, love that saying, Trust the Process. Uh, but as I was searching for my podcast, uh, many, many other ones came up titled Trust the Process. Most of them were business-related. Um, which is usually where I, I do use that <laughs> phrase <laughs> in business. Uh, so I thought, okay, well, I think the universe might be telling me something. I was having a bit of an issue uh, with my upload to Apple. And I thought this is my chance to go back in and, and retitle it. And out of the ether, as soon as I, I released the name, trust the process to the universe, out of the ether, immediately filled the void. Um, something I referenced in the very first episode about creativity coming out of the ether. So that is the name of this podcast going forward. Uh, today per the last podcast, where I promised that it would not only be me uh, on each of these, I would bring in other artists and we would talk through their processes as well. Uh, today we have a guest I'm really excited about. Uh, his name's Phil G. He's getting ready to release his second album, and we're going to be talking about one of the tracks on that second album called Sometimes, and it's a track that I actually got to play bass and did some keyboards on and some production with Phil and um, didn't have anything to do with writing the song, but had a little bit to do in the studio with it. Uh, Phil and I have known each other, gosh, I think almost 30 years. We've written songs together. We've played together. Uh, we've spent a lot of time together. So I'm very, very excited to introduce him to all of you today. And we will be right back with Phil G. feel like I'm in a coffee shop. And that was Phil G, everybody, who feels like he's in a coffee shop. I think it's a compliment. Uh, it is. It smells like a stinky locker room here in the <laughs> studio. So I think that's a, a definite step up. Well, Phil, thanks for joining us on uh, Out of the Ether. It's awesome to have you here. It's awesome to be here, man. And um, the song we're going to discuss today, I'm very excited about. And you know why I'm excited about it, Phil? Please tell me why. Well, because I think the, the bass playing is <laughs> phenomenal on that particular track, as well as some of the keyboard parts. <laughs> and there's some really cool production well, that happened. <laughs> let's be sure to point out how, out of the ether, they came to be. Uh, we will definitely. Uh, well, I'm good. You know, this show's about you. It doesn't always have to be about well, me. Although I like it know. when it's about me. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this though: before sure. we even get into your song, um, when did you start playing music? And I and I think even more. I don't know if it's more important, but importantly, I'm curious because we've known each other a long time. But I don't think I know the answer to this. Mm -hmm. What inspired you to start playing music? So, uh, God, I I'll share this. I remember. Uh, driving around Brooklyn with my mother and listening to the radio and not knowing the lyrics to the song and sing. I, and I had to have been five, six, like just, this is my earliest memory yeah. and just singing my own words to the songs <laughs> in the car. You know, it was a white Chevy Impala, 1960, mid 60 something. <laughs> <laughs> Now, would your mom correct you when no, you're singing no, your own no. lyrics? I don't even think she was aware. <laughs> I, was I, have, I have a 26 year old daughter who corrects me all the time when I sing my <laughs> own lyrics. But. I still sing the wrong lyrics this song, <laughs> so uh, nothing's changed since five. Uh, uh, then I remember I, my first cousin Robert played guitar, and I was I couldn't look away from the guitar. Yeah, and begged my parents to 
get me guitar lessons. Barbara, I won't say her last name. She may not want to. But uh, she was a young kid. She's, I think she's a principal now at a very big high school in Brooklyn. But, uh, and we're friends on Facebook. So, hey, Barbara. Oh, very cool. If you're hearing this. Um, and I begged my parents to let me play guitar because I just, I, I just wanted that so bad. And I, I was 11 when I first learned how to play guitar. Went to her for a year, and um, she taught me everything she knew, and I was done. And I was like, every week I'd go in, and I could play what she, what I could play my homework. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best homework, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Well, let me, uh, who are some of your favorite songwriters? Like, who who inspires you today? Sure. So I, you know, like I mean, you uh, too. You know, Bono. I think he's a brilliant yeah. lyricist. Lyricist. Um, Lennon, you know, McCartney, all those poppy songs, a, a lot of the later ones. Um, I think uh, Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20 is a great lyricist. Yeah. Um, Although I find him really annoying anymore. I don't know why. Well, used to, it, I used to be a huge fan goes, of Matchbox 20. Now I'm like, oh, enough of you, Rob. But yeah. I, do, I agree with you. I think he's a great lyricist. Yeah. Great yeah. storyteller. Oh my God! There's so many. I, I mean, so many. Well, you're from New York. What about Billy Joel? Billy Joel, of course. You know, I don't know why I didn't want to go too far back into the '70s or the '80s. <laughs> you already did this with the 1960s and Bala. So. You know, I, I felt like <laughs> I felt like I should have a mullet. I should have brought my mullet wig in today. And we can talk about that. When I first met Phil, he had a mullet. I did. So I was, sported it. Quite you were time. business in the front right. and party in the back. So I was proud of that mullet. Well, let's talk a little bit about the song today. Uh, sure. Sometimes and. First of all, let me back up. This is your second album mm -hmm. that's being released. And mm -hmm. do you have a release date yet for the uh, album? I, I don't because I'm still tweaking. You know, uh, it's that artistic process. You you seem to tweak forever. Yeah, it never ends. And then you just decide, okay, uh, enough fucking tweeting. Can I curse on this? Well, uh, technically you can. Yes. There's no, nobody Should we go back and do you. that again? There's no FCC or anybody over looking, <laughs> looking over our shoulders, so. No, so this will be the uh, the R rated. Uh, well, I will have to now specify there are explicit it's lyrics so, on okay. this podcast, but that's All okay, right. Phil. Maybe right. it'll appeal to a different audience. Well, now that we've <laughs> broken through that, I can curse more. Uh, now we no, can just we'll, be... we'll try and keep it PG. Uh, okay. All right. So um, the second album. You're not sure when when it's going to be released I, I, at this point. My goal is another month or two. Okay. Yeah. yeah perfect. And the song uh, today that we're gonna we're gonna showcase is called "Sometimes." Can you tell me where that came from? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I had just finished recording uh, my own version of "The House of the Rising Sun," which is kind of a dark song. It's about you know uh, someone struggling, um, and I was really just in that frame of mind and and wanted to write a dark song. So I started with E minor. Capoed up two, of course, right, to the second <laughs> fret, which you know I love to. to uh, do. You love your capos, huh? but um, uh, uh, but yeah, that that song is about. It, it came from that place of of struggle and pain and sort of wanting, you know, or being aware of it at some point. You know, right. I think at the end of the House of the Rising Sun, and go, you know, I'm going back uh, to the ball and chain, you know, uh, with my ball and chain, or you know, so they, so that's what this song is about. That. That struggle, in a sense. Okay. And which is incredibly awesome. Uh, you have, which is, I think, these days, pretty common for most songwriters, 
We have our iPhone recordings, <laughs> our initial, <laughs> oh my gosh, I got to go capture this idea really quickly. And, yeah. and you still had that and you were able to send it to me. So let's take a listen to the very first, probably what, midnight session on the couch. I always Some, tell be on the couch, it but was, you might have been in a chair. It was dark out, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'd been <laughs> up for a little while. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let, uh, let's take a listen to the first iPhone recording of Sometimes. speaks a thousand words I look into your eyes and I see a lifetime of her you reach for my hand and you can't let go I hold on to you So, first thing I guess that strikes me, because of course I've heard the final version, <laughs> uh, unlike our listeners at this point, is the tempo on this song. Mm -hmm. um, drastic tempo change from this very first version on the couch that night, uh, the dark, uh, I think emotionally dark night uh, mm -hmm. you were having, uh, to the final version. So, talk a little bit about that. Like, what what kind of happened? What was uh, part of that process? Like, what took you from, because this, this could very easily be a very emotive acoustic song mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it didn't turn out that way yeah it rarely does i think from my music i i think i and i of course i love the contrast between bright happy music and dark lyrics uh, <laughs> you know um yeah i mean it definitely i was emoting obviously <laughs> that night and it came through my lyrics and uh my very uh you know um uh, that performance uh but you know, and I think it's just, it's a matter of evolution, right? Like things come to you as you go, you go, okay, let me try this and here I, or I hear, I hear electric guitar. This shouldn't be, I really don't want this to be an acoustic guitar or really needs to speed up a bit. You know, um, I, I think as you heard this song for the first time, you heard it a little bit quicker. It actually wasn't, uh, the final version isn't quicker. It was just, it had, um, um, it wasn't more a higher tempo. It just had more fill mm -hmm. in there, more drums that made it seem kind quicker. Of feel like a double time. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was a double time. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I, I think for this one, I don't know that I made a choice for it to be quicker. Rather, it kind of evolved, came out of the ether. Uh, by the way, <laughs> do I get plug. <laughs> do I get do I get paid for do I get something for more you'll times get a I use ether? Uh, yeah, once <laughs> once we produce them, you'll get a t-shirt or a coffee mug, maybe yeah, a pen. I'm gonna squeeze what, ether in. There what more. came first? Uh, and what I mean by that, like for me, sometimes it's a lyric idea, mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, that's a great line. I need to write a story or write a song around that that line, and then I come up with music to support it. Um, Sometimes it's a melody. I don't have lyrics, but I have the melody. I'm like, oh, that's a cool melody. I need to do that. Sometimes I'm just sitting down. It's a chord progression, and just the way I'm playing it and the rhythm to it, I'm like, this is cool, and I'm going to build a song around that. So what what came first with Sometimes? <clears throat> well, it was definitely the thought, right? Like I was thinking about um, uh, the House of the Rising Sun and that whole, the no whole notion of not escaping, if you will, your pain, your addiction. But... Um, 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 and then I had the line, um, they say a picture, 
paints a thousand words. It's a great opening line. By yeah, the way. thank you. Um, and I just uh, I had been thinking about that line for a while, and how do I use it in a song? So it was just sort of a meeting, and then I'd also it just kind of all came together. I'd been playing with this E minor um, capoed up two is actually mm -hmm. F sharp minor, I think, is what it is. Um, um, uh, it was right. The chord progression is nothing revolutionary, but it, it was more sort of the the strumming pattern mm -hmm. and that beat that's in there. Yeah, uh, I've been playing with that for a while, and then it just kind of all came together. I went, okay, this is what makes sense, right? It's a darker song. It should start off in a minor chord, um, and um, and 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 have that that sort of feel to it. So, okay, well, let's take a listen at the next iteration of sometimes. Sure. This track now you're on electric guitar it's kind of a dirty guitar um, feels like you know there's a little more uh, it's a little more percussive in your playing for lack of a better expression kind of aggressive um, the lyrics uh, the first clip we heard you're kind of hanging on words a little bit now it's it's not staccato but they're definitely you're getting a pattern that's a little faster is that kind of yeah definitely sped up mm -hmm. for sure yeah. the direction that song was starting to go mm -hmm. um i want to take a step away real quick from the song you're also a live musician a performing musician mm -hmm. i know you haven't in, in a little bit uh it's been a little while because of covid uh shut everybody down but uh just out of curiosity what's your worst performance and why <laughs> my that's <laughs> Well, that has nothing to do with the song, Tim. I know. I thought we'd just take a little a little detour now <sighs> through the life of a musician real quick. My worst performance and why, uh, probably the first time I played, um, uh, I don't, uh, hmm, I have no bad performances. How dare you? Okay. How <laughs> dare you? I can't, I'm, I'm happy to let you slide on this question. Yeah, then. no, That's I do fine. have one. Um, it, and I didn't realize it until after <laughs> um, uh, I listened back to it. I had some really bad video recording of it. I was playing at the um, uh, one of these um, festivals, and I get a, a couple of uh, songs I get to play, just, you know, me and the guitar. And I was feeling, it was just after um, Sandy had hit New York. Mm. And I played this song, and I was trying to be very, you know, um, uh, significant and emotional about it. And I was, like, all over the place pitch-wise. <laughs> I didn't I missed a couple of lines. It was really, really bad. And, and it just occurred to me, well, just get over yourself and just play your goddamn song. <laughs> When, and don't be too, uh, you know, more. What, what I, you know, what I tell people all the time, you know, when you're, when you're performing live, 99.9% .9 of the time, you are the only person who knows you just made a mistake. <laughs> but it sounds like everybody knew. <laughs> it, feels, <laughs> it, it feels that way to the performer sometimes, right? Because you're yeah. so critical of yourself, overly critical more often than not. I had somebody one time, uh, we were playing at one of the clubs down in Scottsdale, and this woman comes up. I'm off to the side of the stage, and I think I'm just being a rock star, and I'm having at it. And all of a sudden, she reaches out, and she grabs my leg. 
and that particular stage is about four feet off the ground. Uh-huh. And I thought, is she she's trying. I don't I don't think she was trying to pull me off the stage. I think she was just caught up in the moment. Um, but needless to say, my performance suffered drastically for about the next 30 seconds to a minute. And I just, I was convinced. I'm like, everybody in Scottsdale just heard that, you know, I don't think anybody even noticed. They noticed the lady trying to drag me off stage. But, um, other than that, it's, it's a lot of fun performing live. And that, you're right. That's a completely different show. I just, for some reason, thought we'd just digress for a moment. Thanks. Uh, but let's get back to your song sometimes. And let's take a listen now to what I think is probably one of the first, uh, versions of this song with some production mm-hmm. on it, you know, actually done, uh, done in the studio. I see a picture speaks a thousand words. I look into your eyes and see a lifetime of love. You reach for my hand and you can't let go. I hold on to you and lift you out of the hole. Sometimes the sun don't shine. Sometimes it shines all night. Sometimes you sing a song. So obviously, uh, this version that we just heard, this clip versus the other ones, there's a lot more going on. We've got drums now. There's a there's a part that you have in the song, and you kept it all the way through to the final, and I really like it. And I, I'm just kind of curious where that came from. It's um, I don't even know what it is. It almost sounds like like you're you're running the pick over like the strings up at the bridge. That ding kind of a ringing out that oh, in the beginning. happens in the beginning. I think you bring it back in some other times in the song, too. What, what is that? Is it a sample? Is it something you played? No, or is it's, that? Yeah, it's something I played. Uh, like I think it's it's a ton of delay. I think I, I turned the tone way up. I don't know. I was just looking for something to fill that, to do something different, right, to fill that intro right. with. Um, and... It came from the ether, Tim. Came, <laughs> okay. I was Two just... t-shirts now. Thank you very much. Um, well, no, I just, it's a really interesting little part. And I, I guess I've been meaning to ask you for a long time, was that a sample? Was it you know, something that you played? And, and it, you know, now we know. Um, because it's the, the process, especially like production on a piece of music, it's always fascinating to me. I've had over the years working with some different producers, and I'll have a song I've written, and we're recording, and I feel like, wow, this sounds great. You know, this is exactly the way this song needs to sound. And then I'll leave the studio, maybe go have dinner, I'll come back a couple hours later, and that producer's added a whole bunch of other parts or changed effects. Um, and, you know, as artists, of course, our initial reaction is to be offended. But <laughs> once I get over that, I usually listen to and go, wow, okay, yeah, that's really cool. You know, I love how people hear things mm-hmm. and, and what what's going on through their head when they're listening to a track, you know. So I guess that's that in particular jumped out at me because I'm like, wow, that's a very unique sound and it kind of hits in a unique place and i was like where'd that come from yeah i mean it just it was i was just looking for something and play i think i I might have even played the the harmonic on that and it's just that's what it is it just rings out and put a bunch of like i said delay and a bunch of stuff on there yeah just part of that evolution of experimentation combined with having an idea or wanting something that want of or uh, of something 
not quite sure what it is, and then you sure. experiment, and, and then it comes. You know you have it when you have it. Now, at, at this point in the process, I believe you're playing all the tracks, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah, the, the bass part is, is actually me playing. So uh, as uh, subpar as it may be compared to your <laughs> bass playing. Okay, uh, three T-shirts it's and a slight, coffee right now. It's just below adequate, <laughs> but, but it gets the point across. It definitely gets the point across. Um, one the next clip I want to play is the bridge, and the reason I want to uh, play this right now is the bridge in the final, um, which I really really like a lot in this song. It's to me it's one of my favorite parts of the song, is vaguely reminiscent of what the first <laughs> yeah, bridge was. was. Yeah. So I want to play that first sure. bridge and talk about that a little bit. So talk to me a little bit about the bridge. Uh, obviously, the lyrics, those are, um, I mean, somebody crying out to God to intervene in their life is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like they know something is, something's not quite right, right? Uh, um, uh, but so they're, they're, yeah, it's a cry. It's a plea to God, you know, give me something, you know. So, yeah, and, and the bridge is a lot shorter. Uh, I think it's only two lines or, yeah, you know. In the and, final? Yeah, yeah, in the final. Um, and I, th I think part of it was the song was just long. <laughs> so God, you know? God got cut. And huh? I kind of <laughs> made my point, right? Like I, I thought, well, how can I um, – and I again, it was, you, you know, you and I were talking about this song, and you said, I think you need to do something with the bridge. It's a, it's a little bit long. It feels – it gets a little cumbersome after a while. You know, and I thought, all right, what are those lines? The first, like, set, like – Oh my God! You know, I I don't see, I don't feel, right? Um, yeah, because and this and this, I'm sorry, cut yeah, you off, no. but in this version, you're kind of doing this play on words. You know, mm -hmm. you're kind of building up. You know, show me this, well then show me that, and then let me feel this and that, which I think is a really cool idea mm -hmm. uh, from a story standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why, to me, I, I guess, uh, you know, I've I've worked on the final version with you a mm -hmm. lot. And when I heard this, I was like, oh, wow, this, there, there was such a completely – I totally forgot. There was this completely different bridge that took the story kind of in – I don't want to say it's another direction. It's all part of the same story, but it, 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 it pushed it to this um, – you really felt the depths of somebody's almost despair. I don't know if that's too strong a word, but you know, really crying out for some intervention, somebody to help them and for God to help them and to appear and to give them direction. And that's not existent in the final version, mm. you know, really. I mean, it's like you said, it got very truncated. Um, I Musically, I like the final version sure. better. Well. Um, but I just, from a story standpoint, I, so I guess I, I, my question, being incredibly long-winded and talking in circles right now, <laughs> but it's my podcast, so Who I guess I can do that. Uh, I think I'm interviewing <laughs> me. So, Tim, what do you think of the bridge? Um, so, I, I, I mean, I guess my question, what, was it hard for you to make that change? Because to me, this feels like a really personal part of the song, I guess. Is what what's inspiring my question? Yeah, I'll I'll put it back in in a coffee house version for sure, <laughs> where I can really emote, um, uh, or just for my friends, 
or girlfriend, you know, whatever. Um, uh, it, it wasn't a hard choice because it made sense, right? Like, I think part of the evolution of songwriting, any sort of artistic process, is you make choices, right? Is this, is this too much here? What, what is the balance between what fits the song or good for the overall song, the overall performance, versus what am I trying to communicate, right? Right. And I think overall, like, you get a sense this is sort of a dark um, uh, point for someone or a description of, of darkness for someone or pain for someone and that call out. And it didn't need to... It didn't need to have, I felt like after a while it occurred to me, it didn't need to have that long progression because then it slowed the song down right. too because in the final version, right, it really moves. Um, and I think that long of a bridge just slowed it down a bit much. So I think the last two words, it's more of that final outcry or cry out, if you yeah. will. You know, um, And I think it got the point across. Well, Phil, anything else you want to share with us about your process and particularly about this song in the process of creating sometimes? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't I, my process is it changes. Right. Sometimes it's like, you know, I, I suppose like most artists. Right. Like you get a word, you get inspired, you see something, you hear something uh, and you go, oh, I, I, I feel something about that. I need to write about it, you know. Um, and and I again, like most, it just it, sometimes it, it comes from absolutely nowhere, and it, and in 30 minutes I have a full song that I can't remember, so I have to record it on an <laughs> iPhone, yeah. right? So that I get that yep. <laughs> I get that idea down. Um, but yeah, uh, but for me, the uh, part of the joy of songwriting is, of course, getting that expression out, but also um, being on that journey of evolution, right? Like watching the song come from that iPhone version. Yeah. And, and building it as it goes and, and just um, enjoying that process too. And, and I, I think too, that, and I'll, I know we're, we're ending here, but I'll just uh, leave it with, um, you know, I, I don't know that that process diminishes any version prior, right? right? They're all good in mm -hmm. some respect or another. If it's a good song, right? Like all the versions are meaningful and, and so on and so forth. Um, and like I said, it you know can be played in the coffee house version or the, uh, the, uh, the the bonus tracks or whatever, <laughs> the stadium version. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Phil, thank you very much for m making time to to join me today. I really appreciate it, and for you know braving uh, the COVID conditions of Arizona to come up to the actual to the studio to to the coffee house studio. Coffee I think house. we you, re you renamed it today. So, thank yeah, you, everybody. A, oh, go ahead. What a pleasure, and thank you. What an honor. Uh oh. Um, I love that you're doing this and uh, proud of you. And I'm excited to see how this evolves out of the ether. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that plug again. Now I got to go back to my, uh, my, my podcast voice <laughs> here. We need to get, I got a little excited talking to Phil today a few times. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, my podcast voice, I, I figured out where it comes from. It's from an old Saturday night live skit. And it's the one where they introduce Alec Baldwin, sweaty balls. <laughs> and there's the two, I can't remember who the two, uh, the players from Saturday Night Live were the two ladies, but, um, you know, where it's a cable access show, and they talk about the farmer's market on Saturday. <laughs> and, you know, they talk like this. But it's so, got to be that voice. It's got to be that voice. So this is my podcast voice. So uh, without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you all to the world premiere of the song Sometimes by Phil G. Phil, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Tim.
Sing a song 